This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, how you doing? Fantastic. How are you, Jared? I'm not doing too bad. We have a fun subject to talk about today. If you have seen the title of this episode, you know what we're going to talk about. And first, before we get going, I want to talk a little Angels baseball because this is an Angels podcast, and going to have a little bit of fun with it. Nate, the Baseball America power rankings came out today and it is, I don't know, we, we, let's let's get our opinions on this. It goes Dodgers, Red Sox, Padres, Brewers, and your Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. How do you feel about these? Um, I think I do know the Red Sox are playing really well right now. I, we talked about this off the record before the season. We really liked what they did this offseason. Um, I don't think they're the second-best team in baseball right now. Yes, they're hot. They're, they've won nine in a row. I think they're on their way to win their 10th today. Um, the Dodgers are, are, are the best team in baseball right now. I agree with that. Padres are playing really well. I could easily see the Padres being two. Um... I'm not a huge fan of the Brewers. I don't know why they're there. That's the one that really stands out to me. Like, why are they so high? Cincinnati is better than them. They've played better than them. Um, I, I'm a little shocked the Mets aren't up there with all their pre-season hype and all that. And, yeah, the Angels being fifth. I mean, second-best record in the American League. Tough to argue with them being fifth, but... Um, I don't know. Just curious list in all, honestly. Yeah, I, I'm okay with it. I'm going to be honest here. You know, we saw MLB's power rankings come out, and I think the Angels were maybe in the top 15, maybe not. I, I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and double-check. They came out earlier this week. But I'm not upset about it. I mean, if you're going off what you've seen here in the first week and a half, basically two weeks, of the major league season, I'm I'm not too upset about it to be honest. I mean, like you said, Milwaukee being in that mix is a little bit interesting, I guess. I mean, even saying the Angels in that mix is a little bit interesting as well. But yeah, I mean, they the Angels played in Baseball America's top ten power ranking. I think the Angels played three of those teams, and I think it was Toronto, which was like the eight team, um, Houston. 
Houston. Houston and Chicago. Yep. Those three teams were in the top 10. So, I mean, the Angels have had a tough schedule, and this is something that we've talked about at the beginning, was, you know, the beginning of the season was that the Angels are going to have a tough two months to start the schedule, to start the season off. They get Minnesota this in this series, which will be an interesting series. Minnesota's not all that hot right now. And, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. But, like I said, difficult start to the season for the Angels. Have played really well. The injury bug is hit. And I just kind of wanted to get our thoughts on Baseball America's power rankings that just that just came out. And, you know, I'm not too disappointed by it. I think that all, I think a lot of teams have played really good baseball start the season off. And I think that this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg to where, to where baseball is really going to go this year. I think it's going to be an exciting year. And I think that, I mean, even if you're the 15th or 18th ranked power, power ranking team for anybody's power ranking, that's possibly a playoff spot. And that usually doesn't happen that much in baseball. So fun year of baseball. And I think we can kind of get on to our actual topic to the show. But first, before we get going any further, guys, appreciate you guys listening to this show. We all do here at Talking Halos, keeping the show going. And I guess kind of a little bit of announcement here. We're going to actually go to an everyday basis for this podcast starting, I believe, on Monday. Now, don't quote me on that. A lot of conversation has gone into this, and I I think that's what we're going to kind of work our way into because, you know, somebody's got to do it. There aren't too many Angels podcasts out there that try to go every day. And I know that there is a lot of work schedules in the mix here, but my work schedule is going to be slowing down a little bit. Like we talked about last podcast, Derek's work schedule is going to be slowing down with school. John will be jumping back on. Brock's schedule is always crazy, but he'll be jumping on with us. And Nate, of course, is going to be jumping on with us as well. So plenty of people to go around. And I'm excited to basically talk baseball with you guys every single day. It's going to be an absolute blast. So Guys, again, thank you for listening to this podcast. It means so much to us. Go give us a follow wherever you listen to this podcast. Subscribe, tell a friend about us, leave us a review, follow us on all our social medias. And before we get going any further, give us one minute to pay the bills. Some mornings you wake up feeling ready to just pull the covers back over your head and go back to sleep. No judgment, of course, but let's make having the most comfortable sheets the reason why. Don't love your sheets? Linen has you covered. They work directly with the manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without those luxury level markups. And Brookline is much more than just sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear, and so much more. So go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code BUDS, B-U-D-S, to get 25% off when you spend $100 or more Plus, you get free shipping. Check out the description box for more, but that's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code B-U-D-S, all in capitals, to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more. Plus, you get free shipping. All right, guys, enough with all of these introductions. Let's get the show rolling and talk some, well, we're going to talk baseball, but it's a sticky subject, if you know what I mean. Nate, can I get a courtesy laugh? Honey. (laughs) Right? See what I did there? Sticky situation. It's a sticky subject. And we're going to talk a little bit of foreign substance today. And you're talking to two pitchers here that know a lot about it. And first, Nate, let's just go, you know, let's talk about it. Have we ever, have you ever used any type of substance now that you're retired and I'm retired as well? Have you ever used any substances to doctor the ball with? I have never used anything. 
Um, I actually have had some teammates use stuff, uh, but personally myself, no. I remember I played with a guy in summer ball who was actually a two-way guy, and he would not go to the mound unless there was pine tar in his glove. <laughs> and he was filthy. Um, we loved using that guy. He was probably our like um, extra starter if we needed one. And then kind of just a guy we'd use out of the pen every now and then. But he didn't pitch too much for us. But when he did, he always had pine tar in his glove. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I never really used pine tar or anything like that until probably my last year. And that's when I kind of started, in a sense, experimenting with it and seeing what it was all about. And I would say pine tar definitely helps the control. I, I do think so. And there are stickier substances now that have come out and that players use and I know this for a fact that a lot of players use the sticky substance and I think we know this from knowledge that comes out of the baseball world Trevor Bauer in particular has been a big preacher of the sticky the sticky substance abuse policy and all that stuff and yeah I mean Nate do we think it actually helps players or do we think I mean it's got to help the players I mean we see all the stats the RPMs kick up, the movement that these balls are doing in such a little distance. It's it's gotta it's gotta do something to the ball, right? Yeah, absolutely it helps. Um, even one of my good friends who uh, played in the minor leagues for a little bit, he said he had never used it and then he got to Pro Bowl and his teammates were like, You're not gonna survive without using this. And so he started using it and he comes home to play catch with me. He was like, dude, you have got to use this stuff. It is so crazy how much it affects the ball. And we never ended up using it. He never had it um, with him. But he always kept talking to me about it. But how much of a difference it helped on his slider, helped on keeping command with his fastball. Actually, he threw a sinker. But, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, definitely. And I, where do we draw the line, I think, is my next question. Because I believe, I truly believe that pine tar does not affect how a ball moves. I don't think that it is sticky enough. Same thing with rosin. You know, that is also a foreign substance. I don't think rosin. I think rosin, pine tar, um, sunscreen mixed gotta, with you gotta, it. You got to combine the sunscreen and rosin for it to be good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that mixing some of those substances together is not a horrible idea. And I think that stuff should be legal. I think, I think pine tar especially should be legal. Just because of the fact, you look at how hard some of these guys are throwing like right now, Jordan Hicks in particular. I mean, I mean, even if you want to look at the Angels, Chris Rodriguez throws absolute gas. Shohei Otani's kicking up to 101 miles an hour. But, I mean, a perfect example, Jordan Hicks. I can almost guarantee you that Jordan Hicks doesn't know where the baseball is going. Correct? No. Like, there is no way. And that is a very scary situation that you have work in there. 103, 100, anything, anything above 97. I mean, dude, anything above 90 miles an hour is a scary situation if you get hit in the head. I, I mean, even below 90 miles an hour, that's a scary situation. But anything above 90, I mean, which everybody in the pros minus, what, 1%, 2% of the major leagues throws above 90 miles an hour. And it's a scary situation. You need to be able to control the ball. So I think that we are kind of on the same page here with the sticky substances being okay in a sense right yeah i i think part of it too is the ball i mean we don't even talk about that too much when we talk about the sticky substance but like 
but they have put so much emphasis on making the ball um, easier to hit out of the ballpark, um, and it and it does help you throw a little bit harder. That is nice, but it does not help you control the baseball. It's very hard because these balls are very slick. They are not rubbed up too well before games. Um, they rub them up a little bit, but it's not anything special. And I think if they were to go back to the ball they had 10, 15 years ago, there wouldn't be a need for this. But if they are going to continue to want you know, guys to hit 40, 50 bombs a year and not use steroids to do that, um, then, yeah, you've got to allow the pitchers to use something because, yeah, it's, it's going to be very scary if you get a guy throwing 95, 97, and he has no idea where it's going. And who knows? Maybe one's at the ribs. Maybe one's at the head. Maybe it's a strike. Who knows? Exactly. Oh, I, I'm 100% for it. I think that I think that pitchers should be able to use some type of sticky substance. And I think that that stops at pine tar, though, or or a rosin sunscreen mixture. It, it's something along the lines of that. Now, there are definitely more things that can be used and that we know can be used, and we know the names of this, and I, I don't want to mention any names of sticky substances. And also, if there is anybody listening to this podcast, any affiliation with any pro ball teams, there is no names going to be thrown out there right now because between Nate and I, I mean, yeah, we know some names. We do. There are some names out there that we know, and there are some names that players, I'm going to say it now, Trevor Bauer, has thrown under the bus lately. And I think that's kind of been where this whole conversation that you and I are having right now has stemmed from. And I think that we can kind of jump into the Trevor Bauer conversation. And it started when, I guess basically it started, what, a couple years ago, I think, when he came into a game, didn't have any foreign substance, according to him, that he was using, goes to the fourth inning, says, okay, I'm going to use the foreign substance in this one inning, uses that substance... We see the RPMs kick up, we see the movement kick up, and then the next inning we drop back down. And this was made huge, this is this was a big deal. Articles were written about this, you know, no punishment was ever, I don't think, given to Trevor Bauer. I'm sure that MLB had something to say to him about it, but I, I don't think anything was ever said, you know, to public about him. So that's where that comes into play. That was the first, I think, I think that was probably one of the first times you know, really the sticky substance has really come into play. And the Angels have had issues with it as well. We know that a former clubhouse member was making stuff for players. And, you know, it is what it is. It's, that's, that's that's fine with me. But going back to Trevor Bauer, that's, that's kind of where that started. And then we see Trevor Bauer throw some guys under the bus. And then now... At the beginning of the year, MLB decides to take a couple balls that Trevor Bauer was using and test them. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if I've seen, I haven't seen the results. Somebody somebody told me the results. I don't know if they're true or not, but I believe they came back saying that there was sticky stuff on it, correct? Yeah, they said that, uh, but they said they can't prove that it was Trevor Bauer, like the ball that Trevor Bauer was using at the time. Um, they said it could have been any number of pitchers. Because, you know, there's so many different baseballs that are used. Um, and they also they also were, like, very they, – they were basically knowing that Trevor Bauer was going to fight this until the end, and I don't think they wanted this to turn into anything really bad. No, yeah, I'm totally I'm, – I'm with that because that's, some, that's a whole new box of 
that's a whole new box to open. <laughs> you don't want that. You don't. MLB doesn't need that under it as well. And I think that if MLB had it had it their way, we would not know about the Astros either. I think that's that that'd be the case, and that's a totally different argument to have be had. But back onto the sticky stuff, Nate. What do we make of of this? What do we make of players using? this stuff what do we make of trevor ba- i mean how do we wrap our heads around it in a sense I, I i don't even know really where where to begin with all of it i think the biggest thing that that we have to look at is the disadvantage that it it seems that they're really trying to put on pitcher pitchers um pitchers get paid just the same as hitters you know maybe a little bit less than the best pitcher gets paid a little bit less than the best hitter but they still get paid to do a job and it feels like they're just putting as many dis like as many rules to um, not allow the pitcher to be successful as possible. And so that's going to be something that raises some eyebrows, and that's why pitchers are going to look at you and be like, hey, I'm using this because I have to get paid. Um, That's part of it. And then the other part of it is I don't want to take away from you getting paid because if I'm not using it, you might get something in the ear hole. You might get something in the ribs, and now you're out for two or three weeks, and that could be the difference between you making – uh, fifteen million dollars and eight million dollars. I know that sounds really, like, really funny to say. Eight million dollars is a lot of money, but to some of these guys, like, they want to make as much money as possible. They don't care. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I mean, there are stats to back all this up as well. You look at—I've pulled up three players here. One of them is Trevor Bauer. Two of them, I'm not going to name. You know, if you want to go and try to find them, you can. And I'm not even going to say the years that this happened because. It's going to be easier for you guys to look up. But the first player is Trevor Bauer. And we can even say it in between the 2019 and 2020 season, his sinkers RPM went up from 2300 to 2700. That is a big difference. The fastball, four seam fastball, 2400 up to 2750, 2770 to be exact, or 2780. That is a big difference. You know that's not something. Our when we're talking about spin, there has been no, there's been a lot of science that goes behind it, and there is no way to increase your spin rate besides using some type of foreign substance. Not that much. Like no, not that much. You are right. There are ways, but not that much. Yeah, there there are ways to, you know, like maybe fifty to a hundred or so, but you know there that you can't. That's 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 not. To increase by 500 to 400 to 500 RPMs on a pitch is there's something there with that. And then we look at his curveball. It was 25, 25.50 RPM. He kicked it up to 29.30. The cutter goes from 26.40 up to 2,900. And finally, the slider goes from 27.40 all the way up to 29.51. So... I think I mean that is a reasonable that that that's those those stats are undeniable right there. Like when you look at guys go you go on to baseball savant and, and if you're listening to this go on to baseball savant go on to any pitcher and go to their average spin rate by year and it'll give you a graph and you can kind of see everybody kind of increases a little bit and and that's with everybody to be honest. You you see the increase with with everybody over the years and I don't I don't know the science behind that but there are certain players you can look at and you see in a, a huge jump just like Trevor Bauer here and it's not even to throw Trevor Bauer under the bus because Trevor Bauer has been vocal about this and that's why I'm okay about 
talking Trevor Bauer stats because Trevor Bauer has been very vocal about this, and he we know that everybody knows that there is something to be used there. I mean, I'm sure, and if you watch a game, you can tell players grabbing for gloves, and that's that's one of my favorite things to look for. Like you look at a pitcher, and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna grab for the part of my glove," and well, weird. I wonder where the sticky stuff is. <laughs> so I'm okay with talking about Trevor Bauer here. So. That's way too much of an RPM kickup, correct, Nate? Yes, absolutely. 100%. So, on to our second player here. I'm not going to name names on this one here. And this is in between a couple years here for him, I'd say. And the biggest, probably two-year increase for this player's fastball started at 2160. The next year goes up to 2380. And the year after that goes up to 2530. Uh, the slider of this particular player goes from 24, 2420 up to 2570 up to 2620. And then we get onto the curveball, which starts at 2670, goes to 2845, and then finishes at 2900. So, with this player in particular, and I mean, if we want to bring up the sinker too, he also throws a sinker here, it goes from 2000, or 2100 basically up to 2315 up to 2510 so in that those are all rpms by the way and and you know i i think again there's another good example of some rpm kick up correct like that that's there's no denying this and and in fact with this player i know because i've shaken this player's hand before <laughs> i've shaken his hand and i i know i've seen it before so it's 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 very it's very true that this stuff is coming out and like I said, not going to name any names here with this player at all. But Nate, again, the kick up here in all the pitches compared to just one pitch. It, it, do we think that's a big thing? Because I mean, we can probably see a kick up in one pitch, and that might be a change in grip. Yeah, that's possible. But when we see all of the pitches go up, I think that's when we start, you know, really, you know, start pushing in my head at least. Like, well, I think there's something here. I definitely do. So on to the third player here again. I'm not going to name any. Any names, and this comes in between a year. Not going to name any particular year, but we have a changeup that kicks up from 1650, 1650 RPM all the way up to 1900. Uh, the sinker kicks from 2345 up, eh, I guess, to 23 or 2440. So not horrible on that. The curveball kicks up from 2350 up to 2520. The four-seam fastball kicks up from 24-20 up to 25-67. And the slider kicks up from 25-40 up to 27-15. So, again, another player there where, you know, you just see the RPMs kick up a lot. And with these three players, I think it's it's really helped them out a lot. I think we've seen a lot of improvement in these players over the years that they have increased their spin rate and me and Nate have talked me and Nate talked about this off the record who these players are and you'd agree with that right I mean we think we see that the the RPMs kicking up makes you a better pitcher in a sense and from an analytical standpoint and me knowing all of the RPM stuff I'm not a huge believer in the RPMs I do believe though that the sticky stuff helps out with movement a lot and yeah, I, I'm I'm want to bring it back a little bit too to what Nate said previously about well 
we're going to kick up the ball. We're going to make the balls, you know, fly out. Let's let let's help the pitchers out a little bit here too. So that's why I'm okay with with you know pitchers using sticky stuff in particular. So Nate, any you know I, we'll have a quick you know quick podcast here on this one. Any you know real final thoughts about the sticky stuff? And I'm sure it's going to be a topic of a conversation moving forward. And just hope that you know nothing is really made about this, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, the only thing that I would say is like. If a guy gets traded, that sometimes you'll see a little bit of a spike. So if you're looking at a guy who gets traded from one organization to another, sometimes you'll see a little bit of a spike just because uh, maybe the team recognizes something right away and says, hey, um, we should be throwing this pitch more, or hey, this grip needs to be changed a little bit. So when you see a guy who changes organizations, you'll probably see a little bit of a kick. Uh, maybe not right away, but a little bit into his uh, new tenure. But other than that, like if they've been with an organization for a decent amount of time or they've been around guys who use sticky stuff that are very obvious about it, um, they might be using it as well. So that's just something to keep in mind. Yep. And actually, I'll challenge anybody who listens to this. Go on to Baseball Savant and go to any pitcher's any pitcher's profile and see if their RPMs kick up, their spin rate. See if it kicks up over a year or two, like dramatically, you know, like two, four, like, I mean, you heard the stats that I just get rattled off, anything like that. And you're probably seeing some type of increase in usage of the sticky stuff, you know, the foreign substances. And, you know, before we totally get going here, Nate, I want to get, what, what do you, what do you think the percentages of pitchers in baseball using the sticky substance at the moment any sticky substance i would would bet it's like 95 plus between 90 and 95 are using some form of sticky substance whether that's pine tar um like you said sunscreen and rosin how about beyond pine tar and this is what we talked about yeah but if we're going beyond pine tar i would say it's probably about i want to say it's about 25 percent I, I do, you think, think, do you think it's that little beyond pine, beyond pine tar and sunscreen rosin that are using that? I, I'd I, kick. I'd say seventy five percent. Lee, I th- I would say three out of four pitchers that that you watch are using some type of foreign substance beyond what we believe should be legal, which is pine tar, sunscreen, uh, rosin type of type of mixture. I I, I think that yeah, I, I think that it's closer to seventy five percent. I think a lot of players use it. I mean, I I could easily see it being that high. Um, I just think some of these guys have been in the league for so long that they're just comfortable using with what they're using, and they're not really like, hey, let's change what's working. So you might have – it could easily be that high, especially if you get a guy like a Trevor Bauer coming in going, guys, you got to use this stuff. It makes everything better. But for the most part, I, I think you, you've got guys who have used – the same substance from the minor leagues all the way up and it's just kind of is what it is yeah so i am i don't know i i'm okay with it like as a pitcher i'm okay with pitchers using the sticky substance as long as the balls are going to be juiced i really am if if you de-juice the balls that's when you're gonna have to start coming after pitchers and i think we're we're kind of in agreement with that so 
Guys, as always, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Go follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. Follow Nate on Twitter at NateGreen34. Again, I challenge you guys to go on Baseball Savant and find some pitchers that you see the spin rate kick up a lot on. I, I, I challenge you to do that. And Baseball Savant's not always correct with the spin rates. I'll tell you that much. So there are some problems. There are probably some flaws in it. But when you see the RPMs kick up, there's, there's, there's definitely something there to be seen. And it'll be it'll be kind of interesting. So, guys, go follow us on all our social medias. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can shoot us a message on any of those. Say hi, stop in, give us some topic ideas. And as always, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast and have a great rest of your day. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.